0: Christ. The Old Testament stands as the basis of our meditation where Isaiah says on behalf of God, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, her iniquity is pardoned, and she is received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The Old Testament Testament prophets led a tough life. They were belittled publicly, disrespected, abused, traumatized, and many were murdered. Add to that the daily awareness of God's unchanging truth. They knew God's faithfulness in days past, when he miraculously delivered and called to repentance to restore. They knew God's word in the present, that it was here and it was real, and it would not perish. And then, because they were prophets, they knew what the future held. They knew what God was going to do. Isaiah was one of these prophets who balanced the past, with the present and the future. There's a seasonal story that comes around this time of year that deals with visitors from the past and the present and the future. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol turns a whopping 180 years old next week. Now, I've read it in its original form and it's a hard read because of the vocabulary, I've seen it in animation, I've seen it in movies, thankfully to this date I've never seen the musical, and I'm happy with that. But my favorite is the 1999 version with Patrick Stewart or Captain Picard as Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer, by this, your help Lord, I've come to this point. That's what the name means. But that's not what Ebenezer was all about. He was more of a God-helps-those-who-help-themselves kind of guy. And he was filled, his life, with poor choices. And those would be pointed out by ghosts of Christmas past and Christmas present and Christmas future. He made life miserable for those people around him, especially the good and hard-working, overworked, underpaid Bob Cratchit. He hated Christmas, especially the the orphans that sang Christmas carols that Christmas Eve, the what Christmas aid fund people that came to get a little bit of offerings and all that freewheeling Christmas cheer. He hated it all. The one redeeming thing is he kept his office really cold. I like that. Recall late that night He tucks himself into bed, and none other than the specter of his former partner, Jacob Marley, comes to visit in his bedroom. And he cries, I'm doomed to wander through the world, oh, woe is me, and witness what I cannot share, but might have shared on earth, and turn to happiness. And Scrooge notices, you are fettered, tell me why. I wear the chain I forged in life, I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it on of my own free will, and of my own free will I wore it. Is its pattern strange to you? And Scrooge just trembles in the corner. Or would you know the weight, the length, and the strong coil you bear yourself? It was full and heavy and long this seven Christmas eves ago, but you have labored on it since. Yours is a ponderous chain. Jacob, Scrooge implores, old Jacob Marley, speak to me. Speak to me of comfort, Jacob. Comfort, comfort, ye my people, says your God. Speak tenderly. But Marley responds, I have none to give. Comfort comes from other regions, Ebenezer Scrooge and is conveyed by other ministers to other kinds of men. In the busyness of this season, with all of the self-made to-do lists that we want to get to done, and all the pressures of getting kids to where they need to be, and suppers to where they need to be eaten, we need to hear words of comfort. It is longing in our hearts to hear tender words of forgiveness, encouragement, and hope. Well, Ebenezer Scrooge's night is just beginning. First comes the ghost of Christmas past. This phantom rushes him through his early years, and he sees the poor choices he made in life, not choices of love and happiness, but choices of getting ahead and using others as stepping stones. Perhaps we, too, can see a little bit of our past there as well. Then comes the ghost of Christmas present. This one accompanies Scrooge to the home of his poor worker, Bob Cratchit. There, instead of a Christmas turkey, Mrs. Cratchit is preparing Christmas or uh, turkey soup. And the ghost points Scrooge to the youngest child, crippled Tiny Tim, Poverty will soon grind the life out of this boy. Perhaps we, too, have hoarded our blessings. Third comes the ghost of Christmas future. Scrooge, this is my favorite, sees his friends, his business partners, laughing and commenting, it's going to be a cheap funeral because no one's going. Oh, I'd go, says one, as long as they're serving a lunch. Next, Scrooge sees the rag pickers going through his things all of his belongings handed off, and finally there is the tombstone with his name, Ebenezer Scrooge. Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future. Perhaps some of these things haunt us as we look back and feel the weight of guilt of Well, poor poor choices are decisions we should not have made. Perhaps we have the anxiety of all the planning that still needs to be done this second week of Advent, and perhaps we worry about what's going to happen in our Christmases ahead. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly. The people of Isaiah's day were exiled far from home, lived lives full of sorrow. They felt separated from God because of their sin, because of their location, because the temple was destroyed, because the land in which they were inheritance to was now belonging to others. They felt forsaken. Yet God, as he often does, had other plans. His word shatters the darkness of sin, the condemnation with his Promise of comfort. The days of punishment, they're past. The time of discipline, completed. For God has acted to rescue his nation. He restores the exiles to life, to liberty. He comforts his people with forgiveness and hope. Now, they don't deserve it. As Jacob Marley reflects on his position in life, he says, I suffer most why I walk through this rolling year. I walk through the crowds of fellow human beings with my eyes turned down and never raise them to that blessed star which led the wise men to a poor abode. That, only that, is a word that can change this miser Scrooge. Only that word can make our Christmas merry. And that word is our hope in a Savior that has made everything right. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service is ended. And so Scrooge, heart changed, life restored, goes out and buys the biggest turkey, larger than tiny Tim. Why? Comfort, says your God. The time of hard service has been completed. Your punishment I will bear. Come to Bethlehem's humble manger and see this work I start at Christmas, I will finish it, even if it kills me, and I will pronounce, it is finished. But again, Scrooge is changed. Dickens writes, his own heart laughed, and it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well if any man possessed this knowledge. Why could he do it? Comfort, comfort, says your God, Your wrongdoing have been paid for. Who paid the debt when the due came? We can laugh because God loved us so much that he would send his son into our world. And surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. So now speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed Her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double pardon for all her sins. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Comfort my congregation, comfort the members of Emmanuel Lutheran Church. She has received from the Lord's hand double pardon for all her sins. Scrooge trembles. Marley, tell me words of comfort. I have none to give, he responds. Where does Christmas comfort come from? It comes from heaven above, from a God who sends his son to be our Savior. Our comfort comes through Isaiah's suffering servant who gives his life in ministry, a ransom for all, comes to comfort us who hear the word of forgiveness and receive life in the name of Jesus Christ. So as Tiny Tim says, God bless us, everyone, to life everlasting. Amen.